say what's on your mind right now oh i'm not thinking about anything if i'm ever quiet just assume that like nothing is going on in my head and just project whatever truth you want onto me i really hate when people ask me what's on my mind like my brain is like a tween boys bedroom there's just like a no girls allowed sign tape to the front of it well we are about to live in a world where everyone has access to each other's brain waves at all times so you might have to change your perspective mm. on that I mean, you know, honestly, maybe that is the way to, like, collective transcendence, you know, group ego death starts at five. I mean, not before everyone kills each other for being secretly racist and fatphobic. But if everyone's prejudices are on the table, then, like, maybe we just have to say fuck it and turn into a peaceful hive mind. Right, because in the past, when everyone's gotten access to each other's thoughts, they've always given each other the benefit of the doubt. Oh, yeah. Everyone is always accountable for their implicit biases, and no one ever holds superiority over each other. I love people and their innate empathy. Mm -hmm. So I guess I have to throw it back to you. What's on your mind? I've honestly been thinking a lot about how Jewish men always prefer Asian women um, over Jewish women. Like, Jewish men don't like Jewish girls. They like Asians and blondes, so that's why I never worry about them bothering me or getting sex trafficked. Right. Well, first of all, I don't want to imply that the Jews are sex trapped. Um, I don't know. You hear about that Epstein guy? Oh, I have heard of him. You know, him. okay, okay. That Epstein stuff, it literally, like, the most prolific anti-Semite on the planet could not make that up. Like, what do you mean a Jewish guy was taking little blonde girls to an island and having rich people molest them? That, I, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it really makes us all look bad, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, shout out to your Jewish dad and Asian stepmom. Honestly, like, I have to say that, like, Jewish men are to having Asian fetishes what the Beatles are to pop music. <laughs> like, they were at the forefront of Asian fetishization. We do not, we do not give them enough credit. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We'll give them credit here today. Um, I'm Evangelia. And I'm Emily. And welcome to What's Gonna Happen. As that intro has proved, um, <laughs> these are thoughts that should only exist in our heads and are about to be broadcast to everyone. Yeah, it would it would be crazy if all the stuff we just said was broadcast publicly. Good thing this is just our internal monologue and no one will ever hear it. I'm just doing a little brain transparency simulation. Um, exactly. I get what you're saying, though. Even if our like internal filtration systems are not the best, we do still have a choice in what we say on the internet or to other people people you know with brain transparency technology the stuff we're about to discuss that semblance of privacy we do have is definitely at risk of being infringed upon brain transparency brain transparency yes that's the word being it's a dystopic word like just brain transparency sounds like it would come from a george orwell book do you want to explain where this phrase comes from and what it means yeah, so basically in January, the World Economic Forum had this legal ethicist and futurist from Duke, Nita Farahani. Um, she spoke at a conference and introduced this idea that a huge wave of technology is about to infiltrate our day-to-day -day lives. So basically, 
wearable devices that use artificial intelligence to decode brain activity. So earbuds that can read your mind and tell everybody when you're horny. Right, pretty much, yes. So with this technology, um, which basically consists of earbuds, hats, headbands, or adhesive stickers that kind of look like those acne spot treatment things you can, like, like you know what I'm talking about? Like the like ads for those on Instagram, like the little yellow stars. The star ones. I actually think that's an adorable idea. And did you know that it's based on, like, an, in the olden days, I don't know ex- exactly which olden days, but girls used to actually put little stickers on their faces. That's adorable. Um. Oh my god. The sad, my seasonal affective disorder lamp just turned off and the wave of depression that just hit me was immediate. <laughs> like, I felt it in my stomach. Turn it back on. I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> Okay. okay, so we turned the sad lamp back on, and I did fact check, and it was the 1500s. In the 1500s in France, French aristocracy used to put little stickers on their faces, like little crescent moon stickers <laughs> and stuff. I, I think it's very cute that people always wanted to put stickers on their faces. And also... The human um, urge to put stickers on your face. So yes, in the same vein of the facial stickers, uh, they're like going to be these new little adhesive tattoo stickers that you can put under your ear where they'll be able to read your neurons um, and you can track stress levels, how attentive you're being to a given task, your exhaustion levels, or even if you're experiencing amorous feelings. So it basically works like a heart monitor, except for each respective part of your brain functionality. I am so excited to track my girlfriend's amorous feelings, like (laughs) checking Bay's brain data to see if she noticed a girl's fat ass as she walks by. Oh, I am either never getting this tech or I'm never getting a girlfriend because the kind of girls I tend to like would be asking for daily brainwave reports. <laughs> the two-sentence horror stories of the future are going to be like, his amorous feelings chip went off, and while I feared it was because of the actress on TV, my fear turned to horror as I realized he was looking at the dog. That was actually a really good two-sentence <laughs> horror story. Oh, and you know what else? Every gym teacher in America is going to be out of a job when this oh, shit comes out. I mean, sure. those perverts are going to have a hard time. Yeah, hey, maybe that's a pro. You know, no more creeps getting jobs around kids. We can we can track their brainwaves now. Yeah, but then it's like, is it worth it to prevent those kinds of things if the trade-off is any employer can have access to your private brain data, which shouldn't even be a thing in the first place. Brain data? Yeah, that is also a dystopian phrase. But yeah, but that's exactly the question. You know, um, your brain data will be able to be subpoenaed and used against you in court in the same way that your emails and texts are. Literally thought crime. You know, your employers will have a whole new level of access to your personal work process. Like, It shouldn't be anybody's business how focused I am at given times if ultimately I get my work done. But with this technology, you can be judged for your pace of attentiveness, which honestly puts people with attention disorders at a huge disadvantage. Because, like, who's more likely to be hired? Someone with a great brainwave consistency track record or someone who struggles to stay focused? Yeah, I mean, you can't just focus on one thing for eight hours a day. Like, when I worked at Red Robin, I used to listen to podcasts while I was hostessing. Like, if this tech had existed back then, they would have decoded my neurons and just found an overwhelming amount of thoughts about Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) Them, like, not knowing you were listening to a podcast about the case and just being like, okay, why is this girl thinking about Jeffrey Epstein so much? They probably would have thought I was in. I was in on it. Yeah, you were were colluding. Well, that's the thing, though. You were actually a pretty bad employee. And if the bosses were able to see that you weren't paying attention, they would have probably been able to rightfully fire you. Oh, for sure. But like, I should have been fired based on my terrible performance, not based on my brainwaves. That's true. That's very true. 
Although maybe seeing that even good employees just physically cannot keep total focus all day will make people realize how unproductive the current working model is. Yeah, maybe we'll get a four-day work week like Spain and our productivity will increase. It's a possibility. But I also feel like we're making it seem like this stuff lets you fully read minds. And that's definitely just like us taking it a step too far. Like that isn't fully true yet. Basically, these devices use electroencephalography, AI and sensors to pick up emotional states, shapes, numbers. And they do even have the ability to decode faces, but they aren't able to decode like super complex thought. Like you can't read someone's internal monologue. Farahani says... Someone can definitely use this tech to figure out your PIN number, but, like, you wouldn't yet be able to, like, yeah, like, figure out what someone is thinking in full. Although I do wonder if this stuff is going to move in the direction of, like, being able to transcribe dreams. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would love to see an AI-generated adaptation of that dream I had a while back where our friend's mom was raising penguins, and everywhere she went, she would say, come girls, and a giant group of penguins would follow her. (laughs) A group of penguins is actually called a waddle. Oh, wow. Thank you, Snapplecap. You know, most of my dreams are hellish Inception-style nightmares where I'm fighting for my life against a world of humanoids who are gaslighting me into believing I'm not asleep. (laughs) But if I had to choose one, I'd probably choose the one where um, Jenna Ortega and I are hooking up, but before the part where she starts to melt through my fingers into a puddle of hot flesh. That's insane. But you know whose dreams I would love to see transcribed? Whose? Gia's. One time Gia had a dream that we were all on benzos while 24 alarm clocks <laughs> rang at the same time. <laughs> that, that was like almost definitely her sleeping through her alarm. <laughs> My dreams are, are like you wouldn't want to see them transcribed. I Like I keep a dream log. I have it. It literally says like, here, wait. April 24th, the whole dream, I was trying to add Evangelia to a FaceTime call. (laughs) Do you just log all of your dreams, even the mundane ones? I did for a while, but I stopped because Mm. they were so mundane. I was like, this is How long could the dream where you were trying to add me to a FaceTime end? I don't even know how long it was. I just remember, like, having Just eight hours of REM sleep where you were just trying to add me. And add you to a FaceTime call. Your dreams are always, like, so mundane and vaguely frustrating like i remember gia once told me that she had a dream that we were on facetime and i was cutting carrots and every time she tried to talk i just loudly cut carrots so she couldn't get her point across (laughs) my dreams are like the sky is falling in and i'm throwing up blood while like a mute stranger watches i'd watch that too well with you know brain transparency technology that might soon be possible you know i mean this stuff isn't just able to tap into what's going on in our heads either it's also able to latch onto the neurons that control our bodies. So through like electromyography, it is now possible for these wearable devices to send signals through our neurons to our body parts, which basically means like the video says, Meta acquired this company Control Labs in 2019 because major tech companies are investing and helping to make these devices universally applicable as the way in which we interact with the rest of our technology. So rather than a mouse or a keyboard, swipe with your mind and move your hand more seamlessly when you're in VR. Send a control from your brain to your muscle to swipe without like touching anything. 
we talked a little bit about this in our decline of third spaces episode but the distinction between physical reality and online space is like just disappearing more and more like that distinction is getting increasingly muddled and it's just going away altogether if you can control technology with your mind like there's no longer even a physical barrier between the real world and your device like it's not a matter of um put down your phone and go touch grass like you're just in the internet or it's like earbuds or it's like just something that you wear that's so easily forgettable um yeah it's way more part of you you know yeah, than your phone or definitely computer. it's like it's an it becomes even more of an extension of like your phone or your computer or your tv will become more of an extension of you than it already is um we are kind of already cyborgs and most of us would consider a fundamental part of ourselves existing in cyberspace in their video, Jeff Bezos versus Bo Burnham, CJ the X poses the question, if all tech and internet was destroyed, how much of yourself would you feel you're losing? And like when I heard that, I was like, oh shit, a lot. You know, I think especially for our generation, I think a majority of people would feel a huge hit. Like imagine everything was erased, your Instagram, your Spotify, your fucking all of your photos, all of the writing you've ever done online, like just like everything ever like that would feel like a huge piece of my identity was literally sure. taken away it's even more than losing all of my belongings it's losing part of what built my soul i feel like in many ways um you know and if that's the case it really begs the question of how much of us is organic and how much of us is tech and this like physical barrier that currently separates us being challenged just kind of takes that a step further. Literally, Meta's plan is to make sure organic life is inseparable from the metaverse. Like that's why they acquired <sighs> Control Labs. God, mom, the tech bros are testing the durability of our souls by funneling us through even more channels of distortion. Make them stop. <laughs> I know that this technology is like objectively an amazing human feat, but I'm sorry, the wearables are fugly. Like if you're <laughs> gonna be putting a fucking scarf or whatever on me that monitors my deepest inner thoughts and tells everybody exactly the mean, nasty thoughts that I'm thinking, like it should at least be cute. I want a Dior mind chip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure honestly, like as they become more common in the market, they will be updated. I think like the form they exist in now is basically like design wise where the Mac computer was in the 80s like aesthetically we're gonna evolve a lot that's the thing like we're so early on with all this stuff and it's already more pervasive than you think you know in the video she says in more than 5,000 companies across the world employees are already having their brainwave activity monitored to test for their fatigue levels so whether that's the Beijing Shanghai line where train conductors are required to wear hats that have sensors that pick up their brain activity or employees at mining companies around the world I mean, making sure workers don't fall asleep at their jobs can be life-saving. Like, if you have a job like truck driving or airplane piloting, but also it can definitely be used as a torture device, like just classic <laughs> yeah. sleep deprivation government torture device to squeeze information out of people. Like, of course, that's like a classic form of torture, sleep deprivation but it's way more precise this way. Like, you can literally zap someone at the precise moment when their brain begins to drift into micro-sleep. Also, um, as the number one drunk driving podcast in the tri-state area, <laughs> yeah, this stuff is well really going to affect um, the drunk driving community, so... Yeah, yeah. Oh, to... a, br a chip that can tell how drunk you are and not let you drive your car. That's the nightmarish future we are. We are literally in 1984. <laughs> 
But even on a smaller scale, like if you are at the office or at school and you doze off as humans do, like I fell asleep in school every other day, um, you know, instead of like a hand on your shoulder to bring you back to earth, you get this super impersonal, like and low key violent surge of electricity. And I guess that could be a good tool for people who like have jobs where sleeping is just never an option, like truck driving. But I don't know if it's worth it to like introduce this kind of technology where it can be appropriated by companies that just want to like micromanage. Like, should we introduce like s- sleepy time monitoring and zapware into the average home? <laughs> I, for one, might be controversial. Don't think we should be introducing zapware. Into <laughs> We're coining that we term. We are coining here. that term on what's going to happen. <laughs> zapware. Um, even Nita Farahani says in the video at the World Economic Forum, she says, "Done poorly, this could become the most oppressive technology we've ever introduced in a wide scale across society." Yeah, like it's coming from the devil's mouth. Mm-hmm. Even the language that they use around it feels oppressive already. She compares like this kind of tech to Apple Watches or Fitbits or other wearable smart devices. And she refers to all of it as human quantification and the quanti- at, and that the quantifiable self is a mainstream movement. Like, what is she... like? And like, I think it's really interesting to look at that idea of fragmenting ourselves into the data that makes us up. But the more we define ourselves by that data, the further away we... Be- the further away from our core beings we get, you know, the more interpersonal communication changes, the less privacy we're allowed. Yeah, like, I mean, she briefly mentioned the idea that this is all pretty much quote unquote brain data. Like, she yeah, says we talked about brain that. data, but she didn't really get into the fact that this is essentially a whole new set of data collection that companies, because it's a company that right. owns these smart devices, these wearable things, and this is a whole new set of data about us that they're going to be able to profit off of and sell to advertisers Mm -hmm. and political campaigns and it's just it's like what's going to be happening with all these companies tracking our data across the internet but instead of you know our internet behavior they're going to be tracking our innermost thoughts feelings and being essentially yeah it's (laughs) it's basically just going to develop into another form of degrading us into consumerism you know turning our emotional responses into something else to be harvested the way they're already harvesting our attention spans for the same reason, you know, they're cutting up every part of our souls the way that butchers use every part of an animal when they're butchering it. Like, if it was helpful to advertisers, these guys would harvest the fucking data of the shit coming out of our assholes. Yeah, exactly. Our very being yeah, is basically not going to be our own. prostituted. Like, it's that idea of being coerced into this system because we need to be a part of it to stay alive and then being exploited for the most sacred parts of ourselves on the terms of this, like, one-sided agreement. Because, of course, you don't technically have to use this technology. But what happens when employers prefer to hire people who are going to be transparent you know what happens when everyone you know is existing in the metaverse and you don't want to be the only one left behind what happens when everyone else is evolving with this technology because let's face it this tech is going to open doors to a totally new means of creation you know as much as we all want to pretend that this is not going to consume us in the same way any other tech already has we need to kind of get real and acknowledge that this is not going to be different than like the fucking iphone oh yeah for sure i mean the thing that actually really stood out to me about why this is going to become inescapable is that once enough people have this technology 
passwords are going to become obsolete. Because she says this at the very end of the video, mind you, during the Q&A part, after the talk itself, you know, she does not mention this in the talk itself. Um, she says that even without being able to decode complex thoughts, there are still ways that somebody can hack into a person's brain and basically determine whether or not someone recognizes a number as their pin or a phrase as their own password. So with quantum computing and this ability to brain hack, passwords are going to become a thing of the past because they're just a weaker alternative and like people will be able to hack into other people's brains and find out their pin numbers from that. And so she says this in this video, she says it all cutesy. She's like, yeah, passwords might become a thing of the past, but you know, our brain signatures are 100% Yep, and a signatures. great biometric as a way to replace it so that's that's how that's how it's gonna happen yeah neural signatures are going to become our new passwords i wonder if my neural signature is like cute i know mine's not <laughs> <laughs> i know i have an ugly neural signature <laughs> do yeah. i give cute neural signatures <laughs> Yeah, we're just, like, born to chill and forced to adapt. Yeah, at the risk of someone breaking into your brain. What and it's, fuck? like, it's being marketed as for our own good. So it's just going to be implemented regardless. Like, employees from companies like Amazon and Tesco and Walmart have repeatedly resisted what, what they're calling bossware, which is basically what this is. Surveillance tech in general used to monitor productivity of employees. You know, like, where they're moving throughout the factory, whether or not they're taking breaks, or if they're taking unscheduled breaks you know it's kind of like it reminds me of like the toilets that they made that are like at a slight angle so after four minutes you can't be using them anymore without like your ankle starting to hurt that is anti-semitic <laughs> <laughs> start your case girl i will i'm taking that to the ACLU. Take, yeah <laughs> Like, no one wants to be surveilled even more. Like, even people who think they want surveillance as a form of protection don't really want to be on the other end of it. Yeah, nobody wants that. So, like, in response to this concern for being surveilled, Nita Farhani says, okay, well, you don't like your job? Just quit. But what if there's nowhere to go? <laughs> and she says it just like no, that. No, she has this like, ridiculous demeanor throughout <laughs> the entire thing. Like the, I've said, I've brought up the Onceler from the Lorax in like multiple episodes of this He's talk. on your mind. He is the on my mind. He's rent for your head. <laughs> yeah, he's taxing me. He's making me pay rent to live in my head. Because there's just so many Onceler ass people in this fucking world that we live in. <laughs> It's true. It's almost as if uh, that character was based on the archetype of capitalists. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, she goes, what if everywhere has ubiquitous monitoring? In fact, during the pandemic, what we found was that 80% of companies admitted that they use at least some forms of so-called bossware technology to monitor the productivity of their employees. Surveillance for productivity is part of what's become the norm in the workplace, and maybe with good reason, because 9 out of 10 employees waste time during the workday. There may be good reasons why we want to find better ways to monitor whether someone is paying attention or they're doing something different. Which is just like, oh my god, such op niche ass fucking energy like i'm sorry that was amazing if anybody at the world economic forum is listening to this please <laughs> hire evangelia to unveil all of the new oppressive technology i would love to um i mean you know and that's kind of like that shit that she says it's like duh 
people waste time at work yeah like what else are you supposed to fucking do there a lot of white collar jobs are just bullshit menial labor that a lot of people just don't need to be spending eight hours a day doing like in hr hr professionals are literally just spending eight hours a day writing like five emails (laughs) do we really need that and yeah part of the whole brain transparency thing is that this is not the future that's coming it's a future that's already here your boss already watches you and it's already intrusive but when the jobs are pointless and humans aren't built to spend so much time doing work like what are we really measuring that's yeah exactly i've actually seen like a huge influx of videos on tiktok of like people who work at companies explaining how corporate work is basically sorting sand like (laughs) someone in the comments of one of those videos was describing corporate work as existing because of itself yeah and like not all white collar corporate work is pointless but probably like 80% of it is Mm. and it's not just corporate jobs that have room for wasting time like I'm sorry but no one's boss should be able to tell if their brain is geared to be doing a central task programming or going on social media like no one should be getting literal shock therapy via haptic scarves scarves that you wear that shock you to spark them into paying attention while their mind wanders yeah that was like the most insane part of the video honestly it is truly like cartoonish she literally is like researchers at mit created a haptic scarf that gives you a little buzz when you're not focused you mean a shock yeah you mean it electrocutes you the scarf is electrocuting you for not complying just to be fair you know This honestly could be a tool people choose to use for themselves. Like, you know, say there is a regulation put in place to prevent companies from disciplining people with this tech, which just it it has to be against some labor law to institute that. But like what like the people who have a hard time focusing kind of want to use a haptic shock scarf to curb themselves from their impure thoughts. (laughs) Kind of sexy when you put it like that. (laughs) Maybe it is. Honestly, that maybe that's the that's, real that's use of the haptic scarf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like suddenly, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly I'm on board with the technology. <laughs> the BDSM like capabilities of this this oh, tech could that's go awesome. kind of crazy. Yeah, this is going. Oh, yeah, I'm on all, board. Yeah, this is I like, changed my mind. <laughs> end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're trying to implement this into corporate jobs. Like, we need this in the bedroom, and let's keep it there. Yeah. But, okay, honestly, putting aside the fact that this sounds like an invention that a 19th century robber baron would come up with, I, like, (laughs) do believe in bodily autonomy or whatever, but I cannot fully get on board with classically conditioning yourself by a shock therapy. Like, get a fucking app or something. It's also, like, okay, I, I think putting this like on the market for consumers is dangerous because like what if parents use it on their kids and don't give them a choice like i just i don't think i don't i think it's dangerous for this to be in the hands of regular consumers yeah okay but so where do you stand on self-induced lobotomies oh those are fine oh okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah so ultimately nita farahani's point is that these tools are inevitable and that they have the potential to be amazing for humanity but you know should be in the hands of the individual not necessarily mandatorily implemented by people in power so she is kind of on board with that like individualist thing which you're saying maybe not but you know is probably better than it being like introduced through the workplace first and she's also saying if it is adopted by companies maybe they can use that data to moderate how much pressure they're putting on their employees based on like the brain metrics they're getting back you know as like kind of like like a performance review 
Yeah, I mean, I think that some companies will try and use this stuff to get a better understanding of the well-being of their employees. But, like, you know, for those of us who do not work at Vice or Trader Joe's, like, this is not <laughs> right. going to be implemented to test our stress exactly. levels. Exactly. Yeah, Shein and Amazon, not so much. Exactly. But would you rather a Vice son or a Shein daughter? Vice son? Is that even a question? I No, but okay. See, I, that's what I mean. That's what no, I'm saying. No, because I'm honestly judging you for even asking. Look, I don't like, know. I mean, honestly, the Shein shopping girls I've met have been a lot less insufferable than the vice sighting guys that I've met. Okay, but I cannot have a Shein daughter running up my credit card with her million orders. Like, Yeah, right, because you're already running up your own credit card with your million orders. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're putting this family in financial ruin. <laughs> like, you, like, sitting on all of your Depop packages? <laughs> yeah, okay, at least my Depop packages aren't murdering the earth, okay? True. I need my vice son to talk about whatever, like, neolib mm-hmm. talking point he has at the dinner table. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to talk to my Shein daughter about? Like, hi, honey. Those microplastics look great on you. <laughs> uh, uh, this just in. Girls who shop from Shein only know how to talk about clothes. All women do these days is eat hot chips, be bisexual, exploit overseas child laborers, and lie. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> So, yeah, we're now, like, faced with this idea of cognitive liberty. You know, if you thought that it was dystopian that women had to defend the rights to their bodies or that POC have to defend the rights to their lives or queer people have to defend the rights to human decency, we are now also going to have to defend our rights to our thoughts. Technology is always ahead of the regulations it requires to run ethically, so there's no doubt in my mind this stuff is going to become ubiquitous before our geriatric lawmakers even wrap their heads around what exactly it is. Yeah, they don't even know what the fuck is going on. I guess that's why they're introducing it to the World Economic Forum, because like they want to start the platform, but I have not seen that much discussion about this. Like Honestly, besides yeah. like the TikToks like, fear-mongering it, like, I have not seen like any long-form I discussion. I haven't even seen any fear-mongering TikToks about it. I saw one. Except for there is one article by The Guardian that references it where they introduce this is the first sentence of the article. The reptilian annual World Economic Forum at Davos, where the masters of the universe meet to congratulate themselves on their benevolent dictatorship, is home to many sinister ideas. <laughs> That's like how it starts. So, yes, everyone is fearmongering. Although we're not doing much different, I guess. Oh, we're fearmongering. We're, too. Yes, be afraid. The fearmongering is in the room right afraid. now. This is scary. It <laughs> is. No, yeah, it's true. It's not fearmongering. We're just scared. Yeah, like. Um- when audience members asked Nita if there were any regulations being discussed to protect, you know, the so-called cognitive liberty of ours, she basically flipped her hair and was like, ha next question. Yeah, because there's not. Like, if yeah. it were up to me, this kind of tech would be completely banned outside of a medical context. So when you say medical context, are you talking about, like, addressing mental health and trauma by tracking brainwaves? Yeah, that and even shit like dementia and Alzheimer's and like, you know, neurological diseases like Parkinson's. This stuff could potentially be used to figure out what causes neurological diseases like that and how to prevent them. I think brain transparency should only be available to artists and medical professionals. Artists? (laughs) Yeah, but but Gia, don't you think that like Anna Hackian considers herself an artist? (laughs) 
Do you really think that Morrissey should have access to brain transparency? Yeah, like a lot of things determine whether you're a medical professional, but there are just not as many checks and balances for who is considered an artist. You're right, you're right. right. I was just thinking about myself. Right. (laughs) The only people who should have brain transparency technology are doctors and Gia. She was literally like, no, no, I think artists should be able to have brain transparency. Or if, if not artists in general, maybe just like people with black hair on top and blonde hair on bottom whose names are Gia. Yeah, just for people who are like 75% Italian, 25% German who are audio engineers for a podcast. <laughs> I guess like besides the benefit of potentially increasing productivity and tracking stress levels, it seems like it only really makes sense to use this stuff in a medical context. Like, do we really need to scroll through Instagram with our minds? Yeah, I mean, the only other pros are only pros if you're an advertiser or, like, a toxic girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Like, the psychological warfare this could be used to incite in relationships is so terrifying. Imagine I could tell if you're lying or not based on how stressed your brainwaves get. I could be like, Emily, why were you late today? Were the trains really not running? No, no, no. Put your brain transparency headband on. Look me in the eyes and tell me the trains were running late. Literally my worst. (laughs) Literally you today coming in lying about why you're late. (laughs) I just lie with such ease that I won't even get stressed. Oh, right. You're like, I am a master deceiver. (laughs) I control you in the palm of my hand. Then I look at you and your teeth are chattering and you're sweating and you're red in the face and you're going, go. <laughs> Listen, okay, but I hold my white lies very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. It's scary that there might be a time where I don't get the luxury of lying. Like, I'm a woman. <laughs> this is misogynistic. I'm sure that this brain transparency shit will honestly reveal a lot about the human condition. I mean, honestly, it's potentially like a shortcut to a level of evolution that was only previously tangible by ego death. But, you know, obviously, if we're untrained and an unassuming society and this is being introduced to us without any kind of preparation, we will definitely have to go through a very painful adjustment period. I think the best way to prepare for this is by staying really informed on it. Like, keep the term brain transparency on your mind. Keep looking into updates on it so you're not caught off guard because, honestly, like people are not talking about this. Yeah, <laughs> spread this like a wildfire, guys. <laughs> Unironically spread this like a wildfire. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to become really increasingly important to just protect your peace. You know, if you don't already have some kind of mindfulness practices, I think starting to invest in some will be very lucrative. Like, I'm talking about like allocated time alone without devices, you know, time spent in nature, just an active engagement and hobbies that don't require technology. So you can draw that boundary for yourself, like any form of self-actualizing to avoid the dissociation that can happen when God's reality is blurred with artificial reality. God's reality. <laughs> you know what I Very mean. Very pious. Moment. God's reality. <laughs> rah, rah, rah. Technology is the devil. Everyone should eat dirt and destroy electricity. The best piece of technology ever made was the toilet. I would rather live without anything else in the world but still have a toilet. I cannot shit in a hole. (laughs) You're saying that, like, brain transparency is coming for toilets. No, I don't know. I feel like I could shit in a hole if I could scroll while doing it. I refuse to have violent diarrhea four times a day in a hole. (laughs) You shouldn't have violent diarrhea four times a day 
period even if you there do have a toilet deeply wrong with me <laughs> maybe maybe the neuron reading earbuds and haptic scarves will end up being the toilets that our brains have always needed and i will be violently diarying <laughs> to those devices for years to come so good luck yeah we live in a future more horrifying than anyone ever predicted and it arose in a manner more insidious than anyone ever suspected Like, I understand the fear and concern, but, like, hasn't this happened before? No. No, not really. (laughs) Like, I know what you mean, you know, like, new technology that has drastically changed the world has been introduced before, and this is just kind of, like, a different version of that. But the type of technology we're talking about is just, like... It's just way more pervasive than any other. Like, it can read our minds, Gia. It can't read complex thought yet, so I'm not that worried. Things move so fast, though. Technology moves so fast. Like, we'll be able to do that in no time. Like, they predict we'll be in our early 30s by the time we'll be able to decode complex thought. Mm, when you put it that way. At least we do get to have, like, our freedom and our brain thought in our 20s, you know. And then we get to our dirty 30s. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a real dirty 30 when they start decoding my complex thoughts. <laughs> it's, I think it's funny how quick you are to, like, play devil's advocate, Gia. I think it's really interesting, actually. My girlfriend had a very similar reaction of being like, oh, well, this stuff might not be as pervasive as we think. I honestly think it's like a cope. Yeah, half the people I've talked to about this were immediately like, this is not going anywhere. And then the other half were like, we need to start prepping the doomsday bunker. So wait, it's it's all wearable as of right now, right? It's not like a chip you implant? Yeah, although she did say that chips will probably be an option sooner than, like, you'd think. Fucking Elon Musk. The only reason we're not getting microchips even sooner is because there's way too much bad press around them. That is so true. Whoever the microchip guy is needs to really step it up. Like, we need we need way more microchip lobbyists that know how to manage their public image. <laughs> yeah, microchips really need a better PR team. Right now, microchips have the same PR team as Hailey Bieber. I want to see her brainwaves. Like, can we see celebrities' brainwaves? Will it be like, you know how like some celebrities will like go on BuzzFeed or, or like famous YouTube channels and take like lie detector tests or something to make themselves look more fun and down to earth? Like, do you think that they're gonna end up doing that with brain transparency? That would be awesome. Like hot ones. Like, you know that show where um, celebrities eat increasingly spicy chicken and see how much they can withstand? But instead of that, it's like we're, in, we're traveling deeper and deeper into their inner psyche until they tap out. They should make politicians do that. That is so true. As a matter of fact, put, fuck putting it in the hands of consumers. Let's force this technology onto elites. <laughs> Influencers are going to be like posting their brainwave reports. Yeah, the third image in every photo dump is going to be people's brain data. That is like actually going to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like humans are not supposed to see our own subconscious decoded to that level. Like we're, we're just not made to look at the dark part of the... We're made to like gently explore it through art and like discussion but like not actually stare into the fucking abyss of it like to look into our own minds and the minds of others on that level on a regular basis the whole thing just kind of reminds me of how humans aren't technically supposed to be seeing our reflections as much as we do at all before the mirror was invented the average person probably had a much healthier relationship with our own egos because unless you were looking at yourself in like a body of water you know disrupted by ripples and fish you just like didn't see yourself you just kind of got to experience life as an extension of it yeah people used to only see their reflection in the mirror every once in a while well i'm even talking about before that like before mirrors altogether like Like, mirrors don't exist in nature. Oh, my God. 
I forgot about that. <laughs> that is so crazy. <laughs> like you just not having concept of not looking in a mirror. No, yeah, like some part of me just never considered a time before people knew what they looked like. In my head, mirrors were always around. <laughs> mirrors are animals too, and they deserve to be set free. But I see what you're saying. Like the more we're given tools to see our own reflections in, whether that's literally or metaphorically, the more we center our egos. But then on the other hand, maybe brain transparency will bring us closer to our innate primal pre-mirror selves because we will have to strip ourselves down so much and just be so vulnerable. I'm trying to be kind of positive, but I know as long as the stuff is in the hands of corporations it's just going to end up being used to buy and sell our data and track which logos increase the production of theta waves in our brains or whatever <laughs> yeah i yeah i but i don't think that trying to be positive does a disservice like i think you're right in that i think it's really healthy to ponder both sides of this maybe it is possible to transcend the capitalism part and the scary brain hack anime part of it and eventually just kind of use it as a tool for long-term evolution you know will that happen in the first generation of users probably not but then again all modern technology is still in its infancy basically like we still have so much to learn before we start transcending like you know I guess at the end of the day, it's just like, are we going to ever get to that point? Are we going to use it to evolve or are we just going to destroy ourselves? I think the answer has always been and always will be that we're going to do a little bit of both breakthroughs and setbacks. Yeah, I guess I guess it is how humans have always worked. It's the dialectics of things and whatnot. I think it would be really interesting if brain transparency sparks like a new mass interest in psychology and entering the psychiatry field. I think there already is kind of a huge interest in psychology, though. But, like, even more. We don't need more people who are into psychology. Like, everyone <laughs> and their mother majors in psychology. We do not need more of these bitches going into that field. I saw someone on TikTok say that their therapist asked them if their abusive partner gave them the ick. I saw a TikTok that this girl who... This girl posted a video of her therapist full-on yelling at her and, like, fully attacking her. <laughs> I saw this TikTok of a girl saying that her therapist was like, you are so lucky you don't eat when you're stressed. And meanwhile, the girl had, like, an eating disorder. Okay. Yeah, never mind. We don't need more therapists. We do not need more therapists. We need doctors and firefighters. We need more DJs. <laughs> that is so fucking true. We need more SoundCloud rappers and Instagram models. That is the moral of this whole episode. And on that note, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you can um you can follow us on Instagram at what's gonna happen pod or on Twitter at WGH Pod. And don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon. We are only two members away from reaching our goal and posting our first bonus episode. So, you know, be the change you wanna see in the world or be the change we want to see in the world and give us money <laughs> and from the hr meeting i was forced to attend after my boss scanned my brainwaves and it was all me judging her cankles this has been <laughs> what's gonna happen mm-hmm.